0: Well, it's finally official. The Maui Invitational has been moved from Maui to be played at the Stan Sheriff Center at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. And we've got predictions and keys to the game for UCLA versus NC Central. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Locked On UCLA Podcast. I'm your host, Zach anderson Yoxheimer. Thanks for making this show your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcasts. It's available on YouTube. to so like, comment, subscribe, download. Thanks for your support. Hit the reviews. And uh, maybe write something nice, maybe something mean, whatever it is. Keep it clean. But thanks for tuning in. And this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn because these days, every potential new hire feels like a high-stakes wager for your small business. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Where we start, we jump right into it in the thick of things in week three. All expectations are a dominant UCLA victory. We'll get more in terms of scores, my thoughts of what might actually happen in this game between the Bruins and the Eagles of NC Central, the sound machine band coming through to perform at halftime. And I think most important, maybe not most importantly, definitely not most importantly, but after some last minute schedule shuffling, I'll actually get to go to the game. So let's see if those Bruins can be 2-0 when I'm there in person this year at the Rose Bowl. See what happens. So if you're going to the game, you see me at a tailgate, come say what's up. In the meantime, keys to the game for UCLA against NC Central. right? I already gave some key players. Darion Gray gave us some good ones when I was looking at the Locked On HBCU podcast in terms of, hey, they've got some NFL prospects in the secondary, quarterbacks, some underrated prospects in terms of running backs, and O linemen. It's a talented NC Central team. Talented. Yes, they're ranked in the FCS poll. They are probably A team that can easily win, maybe not easily, but in contention to definitely go back-to-back in winning the Celebration Bowl after beating Jackson State last year. So a team that is much better, I will say, than Alabama State from a year ago. Does that mean this game should be any closer, any less dominant for the Bruins? Maybe not dominant, but it should be a little bit closer, maybe after a quarter or two. But I still think UCLA wins by three to four scores But this is still a team in Alabama State that can move the ball more effectively, arguably, probably than San Diego State might have at times last week by throwing the ball down the field. Does that mean UCLA's DBs won't have chances to make plays? No, but where we start? With our first key of the game, if you're on YouTube, you get to see our cool new graphics again. If you're listening, then you got to go to YouTube and watch the graphics. Otherwise, listen to our keys to the game. That's right. We've got some keys to the game against NC Central. One is QB pressure. Because why not, when you have an opportunity, one of the biggest differences between FBS and FCS FCS competition is the ability to withstand pressure from the opposition's D-line, and that is UCLA's defensive strength. Now, it's one thing for the D-line, for NC Central, to penetrate UCLA's O-line, but UCLA, I think I saw the stat tweeted out by, what, Mike Regalado, a bro report saying, and it was a tweet from somewhere saying – the UCLA has some of the best QB pressures in terms of about one of the most QB pressure rates per per game in their first two weeks of the season. SC has some high QB pressure rates, but UCLA, if you actually go on a per game basis, might have one of the better rates at pressuring the quarterback in the country. I know pro football focus college has given a lot of love to UCLA's D line, especially Layoutu Latu, which we all knew was going to be a focal point. He came out saying he wanted, what, 15 sacks to be one of the national contenders for the best defensive player in the country, let alone the Pac-12, lead the nation in sacks. And so far, he's got four sacks. The Bruins have turned to the opposition over six times. And what's that going to lead to with a, a dual-threat quarterback with a very dynamic running back in, in Latrell Collier? It's to pressure the quarterback, and that allows what we might think to be a somewhat shaky secondary, despite their five interceptions in their first two games and a strip sack of McCall in game one, you pressure the quarterback. You're going to force Richard into throwing some tight, some balls into some tight windows and maybe force him to make a mistake he might not otherwise make if given more time to throw. So key one, pressure the quarterback. That's something that's been happening and easily happening in the first two weeks, but continuing to do that, not taking the game off will be key for UCLA to not take this game too lightly, especially early on. Number two, offensively, this isn't necessarily a dominant NC Central defense. I do think UCLA, regardless of the lack of commitment to a starting quarterback this point in the season in 2023, just don't settle for field goals, right? Don't go down the field, and maybe Chip Kelly will do what he did against Alabama State, which was pull out. Charbonnet didn't play which Kelly said was due to injury and DTR getting pulled out which was due to injury and UCLA's got so many more questions in those positions right now in terms of who's going to be the starting guy so don't settle for field goals offensively is key number two if you want to put away a team early in order to get to key number three if you see on YouTube you you can already see our third key but in order to put a team early any underdog and not allow them to get back into a game or have any hope, especially a team that can maybe put up a lot more points than last year's FCS opponent in Alabama state, go down the field, leave no doubt and score. UCLA took a little minute in that week two game against San Diego state to get their feet settled. I know it was Dante's first start. Even in week one, the Bruins are able to pretty much go down the field at will despite an early interception near the goal line, which probably could have put the Chanticleers to bed early. You go down, you score some touchdowns, don't settle for a field goal. I know it's nice that the special teams units have played well. You're not settling for three. You're going for six. You're going for seven. You want to put this team away so you can rest most of your players, which leads into key number three. Get everybody in. So much for this QB rotation drama. While all our eyes will be who starts the game, I think what's more important is who gets in the game, how quickly they get in the game at all the positions, not just quarterback, running back, receiver. Can the Bruins get to their third, fourth stringers, maybe get some walk on some guys far down the depth chart, not even on the depth chart, on the roster, get them some time on the field? Because this could, as most of the SEC teams generally do this later in the season, and a lot of the teams... Across the country have done this. This is basically, if the Bruins can play this well enough, a bye week. I know they have a bye coming up after the Utah game, but you can almost get two byes in your first six weeks of the season, and you get a win out of one of them. Now NC Central, they're coming to play. They'll try and rough up the Bruins, and I don't want to take anything away from that, considering this is only UCLA's second-ever FCS opponent as they play NC Central a year after they finally broke that little mini barrier of only playing FBS opponents for so, so long in UCLA's long-storied football history. You win this game, you get everybody in, you pressure the quarterback, force some picks, get some turnovers, you score in the end zone, you don't just kick field goals and keep the Eagles in it, and get everybody in, right? Get everybody in, and then everybody get your attention on the sound machine band that's going to be playing at halftime, which last year, Alabama State's band. Got a standing ovation at halftime. The Bruins are paying for NC Central's band to come and play at halftime. A whole separate charter travel for the Eagles and their alumni and their cheerleaders and their band, which will put on quite the show at halftime, which, as I said last year, the most exciting part of the game was probably going to be the band that Alabama State brought. This year, I think there might be a little bit more fireworks on the field during the game, but the band will be a big part of it. Just get everybody on the field, make moments. Sometimes these are the greatest moments in a certain player's career, whether it be on NC Central's side, coming to play in the historic Rose Bowl, or maybe it's for some Bruins who might not ever see the field again that we know of just by playing in this game and getting a big moment, a big pick, or just simply stepping on the field, get them all in, get everybody rested, and everybody can be ready for that Utah game come week four, Road Pac-12 opener, which is primed, despite it being in Salt Lake City against this solid back-to-back Pac-12 champion in Utah, to be a unique game for UCLA to maybe steal early in the Pac-12 season like the Bruins did in 2022. So you win this game, come out healthy, get everybody in, leave no questions, and yeah, we'll find out who starts, we'll talk about that later. UCLA, get everybody in, stay healthy, most importantly, win the game, and we'll look forward to Utah which will be the big early test for the Bruins that they've been waiting for all season? Just a week from now, we're going to come back and talk more about the Maui Invitational. Got moved from Lahaina Civic Center to the Stan Sheriff Center at the University of Hawaii, and we'll talk about the impact of that, what that means, and how another change in venue for the Maui Invitational in recent years, and what that's going to affect the the island of Maui this year. So we'll talk about that in a moment. So every day nowadays, you know, if you're looking for potential new hires as a small business, it can feel like a high stakes wager when you're trying to find these potential new hires, right? It's a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be completely certain, 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates, whether you're looking just to get the right people, the right candidates in your interviewing process, and then eventually want to hire the right candidate to help further your business, right? You can use screening questions on LinkedIn that can focus on the right candidates initially and then slowly get the process down to who you want to interview and hire. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors, which is why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find those qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Segment two, the Locked On UCLA podcast. Zach Anderson-Yox, I'm with you guys. And the news that's somewhat swirled around for a little bit now and wasn't fully confirmed until I believe September 15th with the release. I know there is rumors and sources coming out in previous days in a little bit early September, and it had been talked about after the unfortunate, very tragic situation on Maui with the the wildfires, truly wreaking havoc over there. And the Lahaina Civic Center has been a place where it's been a hub to help all those affected. Thus, it cannot host the the big tournament that generally it's hosted for years on, in the Maui Invitational. And they just finally got it back to Maui after years of or a couple of opportunities missed due to COVID. And while this is an unfortunate situation that you can't have the Maui Invitational in Maui, they do keep it in Hawaii. You go to Honolulu, you get to play in the Stan Sheriff Center now, which just basically jumps the arena in terms of attendance and seats from just a little over 2,000, 2,400, I believe, into a – gargantuan arena especially in college basketball for a mid-major like Hawaii now hosting this big time tournament which many have already said is arguably the greatest collection of talents in a Maui Invitational ever the most stacked teams when five of the eight teams participating are in the top 10 from the ESPN preseason poll, which we remember also excluded UCLA as a top 25 team thus when the Maui Invitational Twitter released a video with Andy Katz talking about the switch they mentioned UCLA as a blue blood and not one of these exciting top 10 teams like the Kansas who's apparently rated number one Purdue number three Gonzaga seven Tennessee eight Marquette number 10 which is UCLA's first Maui Invitational opponents and they might then play what a a Kansas of a second round or a Chaminade, depending on how things play. Yes. Chaminade will still play that D2 team, but the history of the event actually is unique when it comes to being played in Honolulu because the 1982 great upset that happened when Chaminade, Chaminade was a night, was an NAIA school. They beat Ralph Sampson in the Virginia Cavaliers in Honolulu. Right? So, when that big upset happened, it actually happened in Honolulu. And then the tournament went to Maui and happened at the Lahaina Civic Center. But that great upset in 1982 actually happened in Honolulu. So the great, in terms of history of the event, can still happen there. It stays in Hawaii. And one of the biggest things that some of the quotes have come out from the Maui Invitational have said, Josh Green, the, the governor of Hawaii, The Maui Invitational is a great event that celebrates all of Hawaii. We look forward to welcoming players, staff, and fans to Oahu and using the tournament and its international TV audience as a way to bring attention and to raise funds for Maui recovery efforts. So again, this is an arena that hosts 10000 There are new auctions and ways to help Hoops for Ohana and different ways to raise funds. If you're a UCLA fan, still watching this, yes, obviously UCLA fans, of course. But if you went to the Rose Bowl, and donated to a Maui fund, right? And you got those first couple of games tickets to both Coastal Carolina going to the NC Central game. At least you were op- able to get tickets to those games. can probably still donate to the funds regardless of the tickets. There's going to be a big collective effort with all the games. Hopefully more people in seats with the opportunity at the Stan Sheriff Center, which is a great venue uh, and a fun part of Hawaii too, and can contribute to... What well, we hope to be a good cause in the recovery of Lahaina in the part of Maui. As while the, the arena is still actually okay, it's serving as a hub so that the fire everything with the wildfires and relief efforts can help distribute whatever to be whatever needs to happen on the island. And I was I've actually the only two times I've been to Hawaii were one to go to Maui, which holds a very special place in my heart because how beautiful it was, which is why how sad what happened earlier this year is and that have actually been on a work trip broadcasting to the Stan Sheriff Center, a fun venue. So if you have the opportunity and you're wondering, is there a way to contribute to a cause, go to a game? Hey, if for some reason you're looking for something to do during Thanksgiving and you want to go to this tournament, there's more opportunity to go watch the games. They're doing their best to get new hotels and everything mixed around for people who already bought tickets. And now there might be more people in the stands to watch some exciting college basketball. Well, hopefully in turn raising more awareness and funds for what happened in the recovering effort for Maui. That's the biggest thing here. So the tournament's been moved, and I think it it is a wise move. In in the end, there's nothing that can hurt from keeping in Hawaii and doing its best to stay in the Stan Sheriff Center. So while it'll be a stacked tournament, the Bruins and Marquette getting things locked and loaded, one of the last games to play in November on the first day of the tournament, it'll be a fun time And we hope it all goes according to plan now that they can keep it on Hawaii. And after all the rumors, it's been confirmed. It's moved from Maui to Oahu. Cruising into the final segment of the Locked On UCLA podcast, it's prediction time. What do I think? What is going to happen between the Bruins and NC Central? What are some things? Who's going to be the starting quarterback? This is based off no sources. Of course, we all assume it to be Dante, but... Why not play devil's advocate and say, what what can Chip Kelly do? Might he do something strange in week three and really ruffle our feathers as he's already done with media availability, not confirming who's the starting quarterback as we've all seen with the eye test on the field, be Dante Moore. All that coming up next on Locked On UCLA. Right now, you can snap into the NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers, Get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's right, $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. So, you can use the app that's pretty easy to use, wide range of betting options from spreads, player props, over unders. You can visit slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the nfl final segment of locked on ucla hey if you're at the rose bowl tailgating come say hi i'll be there at some point maybe not at 8 a.m when the gates open but i will probably be there If you're watching this after the game well if you do see me at any games down the stretch come say hi or if you think the podcast sucks i guess you can tell me too whatever it is stay friendly stay fun the bruins an opportunity to be three 0. they're ranked Nothing that should happen this week should really boot them out of the rankings other than something truly catastrophic. So let's get right in to prediction time. Questions will be, is Chip Kelly going to do anything wacky when it comes to starting quarterback? I don't think so. I do think we see Dante Moore, although the fun, crazy world upside down options include giving Garbers a chance to get his feet comfortable again, or you could give Colin Schley a chance to start and see what he looks like in live game action as a starter while keeping Dante fresh and ready for the Utah game. I don't think any of this logic would make any sense except for the fact that, Hey, you don't want anybody to get hurt. Most importantly, I think Dante needs as much opportunity to play, to shine, to prove, whether it be Chip Kelly to us, the fans, which I don't think he has to prove anything at this point that he has earned the right to go start the biggest game of the early part of the season for UCLA in Salt Lake city at Rice Eccles stadium, against the Utah Utes, which is for an early wrestling match of control to be of one of the the old Pac-12 self, right? Because there's no longer the divisions in the Pac-12. Early control of a big win, and all of a sudden open some eyes in the Pac-12 that's got eight ranked teams and a lot of more tough matchups to come for UCLA. So for the biggest thing, let's get right to our scores. Boom, if you're looking on YouTube, you can see my final score right there. I think, if you're listening, that UCLA will win this game 45-20. to Now, I did think it was going to be a closer game against San Diego State in the week prior, but to be easy on me, if you're willing to be, we also didn't have the true knowledge as to who the starting quarterback would be. We do have a greater idea and sense of who the starting quarterback might be in week three. Week two, we just didn't have that knowledge, and now I'm willing to give more of a wider, more successful margin of victory for UCLA, and a, a game they should run away with, and they can easily put up more than a 45-point output. 45-20 to 20 is the score I think UCLA will win by. Do I think the Bruins are going to give up more points than they've given up all year long? Is that really that questionable? I'm not saying the defense won't be up to the task to stop the electric davius Richard. I just think at some point NC Central will put up points at the end of the game, when UCLA has cycled in, their not just starters and second players on the depth chart, but once they get to the third or fourth stringers, once they bring in maybe some walk-ons, guys who have never seen the field and might not see the field in quite some long time. But hey, Alex Johnson had to work from becoming a walk-on all the way this deep into a UCLA career to become the deep national defensive back of the week with his two picks against San Diego State. So maybe this is a way to be on tape, get some inspiration to grow and become a player down the line for a UCLA Bruin for the UCLA Bruins like Johnson was able to do in week two in terms of working his way on the field and becoming a significant contributor for the UCLA defense at least this early in the season for the Bruins I think they'll be able to pick off Davies Richard twice so far UCLA has had at least two interceptions in each of their first two games twice of McCall in week one the first time he had ever done that Picked off San Diego State three times, including that key goal line stand when it was first and goal. I think they'll get to Richard. I think Latu will have three to four sacks if he's given all that time to stay in the game, right? I think he could dominate him individually. I think three to four sacks if he goes out there and is given a lot of plays. Unless UCLA, which Chip Kelly says doesn't believe, doesn't do load management. That's an NBA term is what he was quoted as saying. There might be a little minimal part of that in this game, depending on how great the margin, how great the lead is early in the game. I do think Blattu alone can have three or four sacks and add to that sack total. And maybe just a third of the way through the regular season, he could be closing on the halfway part of that 15 sack mark that he wants to reach or even greater and become the national defensive player of the year. So Latu can have a big game. I do think at least a couple of interceptions. And that all stems from our first key to the game, QB pressure. Keeping Richard uncomfortable will allow the Bruins to tee off defensively, whether it be force and wobbly passing. Key on the run game that the Bruins have so dominantly destroyed the first two games. Nobody's rushed 65 yards against the Bruins, either Coastal Carolina or San Diego State's vaunted rushing attack, which I thought would be more successful in Week 2. And was not. In the end, I think UCLA, we do see all three quarterbacks. Is that wild to say? Is that truly crazy to see the likes of Dante, Garbers, Schley? Yeah. And while it will be interesting to see if the Bruins can even throw out Justin Martin at some point, right? Or maybe the Bruins, who knows? There's so many guys that could get in for the Bruins at quarterback in this game. I, You could go five quarterbacks deep. They could all get a series and maybe lead touchdown drives. It just depends on how great the Bruins are successfully early in the contest to go down the field and score against a good NC Central team, especially at the FCS HBCU, HBCU level, looking for their second straight Celebration Bowl win. It depends how the Bruins are successful early, which what we expect to be Dante Moore, and the combination of Steele and Harden running down the, the defense. So for some turnovers, can the offense do it 45-20? to 20? I think Moore gets a couple of touchdown passes, dominates early. The Bruins probably don't go to Garbers. They do go to Schley is my prediction. Maybe give Garbers a series at some point. And dare I say, we see a Justin Martin sighting on the field. So many other players on the field that we'd like to see given opportunities, some Fab freshmen, because remember, you can play in more than just a couple of games and still maintain your redshirt eligibility for some of these true freshmen who have just come to UCLA. We might see plenty of debuts for UCLA in this game, and we hope to do so as well. So in the end, UCLA 45-20. to 20. One last time, there's the graphic against NC Central. I think Moore gets maybe 150 yards passing and two touchdowns simply because the Bruins are going to dominate so much early in the contest, not because he struggles. I just think UCLA will run the ball, and Harden might just gash somebody for 60 yards again. Moore might throw a quick touchdown pass for a big gain, and the stats might not look super gaudy. They might be super efficient. It just might not lead itself to be, oh, he's leading the true freshman in passing. That's just not what's going to happen from this game because the Bruins should rotate a lot of players in. Chip Kelly has promised us at least three quarterbacks in the first two games. It hasn't happened. I will make the guarantee we'll see at least three in this game against NC Central. That's my mini guarantee. Not the win, not the 25 points, three quarterbacks we should see in this game. Now I'd be shocked if we don't, because that either means, one, Chip Kelly didn't want to go that deep into the bench, or two, the more scary thought, this game is a lot closer than we realized, especially later in the game. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope the Bruins run away with it. And are 3-0 and ranked into Salt Lake City against Utah, who is also playing in FCS from the Big Sky in Weber State. We should see two 3-0 teams in Week 4, and it will be a very exciting college football slate. Until then, locked on UCLA listeners, we will react after the game between the Bruins and Eagles in the Rose Bowl, we'll have fun watching the sound machine. All the fun times we get to be in the Rose Bowl and hope the Bruins are 2-0 at home in this season. UCLA fans, get your hands up. eight clap time, baby. Say what's up if you're at the Rose Bowl tailgating. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. UCLA. UCLA fight, fight, fights. This has been Locked on UCLA. Go Bruins.